You're listening to Nostalgia Be Damned. If I could talk to the animals, just imagine it, chatting with a chimp and chimpanzee. Imagine talking. Hello, everybody. My name is Zach. I'm Brandon, aka DJ Splish Splash Bubble Bat. <laughs> just go, just go. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Nostalgia Be Damned, the show where we take some of your favorite movies from the 1990s to the mid 2000s and we look at them objectively and take off those rose colored glasses you may have about them and then we crush them into a fine powder, put them in a capsule, and use them to poison diplomats. <laughs> All right, fine. I don't. <laughs> God damn it. We're covering <laughs> 1993's adventure family film. Homeward Bound. Homeward Bound. The Incredible Journey. This is our fourth film of our Listener Request Month. This yep. was uh, requested by Ariel, among a few people, yeah, actually. Yeah, this is one of our, uh, this is a movie that a lot of people have been clamoring for since we started. Pretty popular film here. And uh, this was a movie that I was very excited to revisit, because I have not seen this movie uh, on any other format than VHS. This has been since, I mean, 15 oh, years yeah, since I've probably seen Oh, yeah, I've never seen this. seen this on anything other than film. It's pretty cool to... Uh, Rewatch it today, kind of. Yeah, so we watched this on Netflix, which at the time of releasing, it's currently on. So if you guys want to, you know, pause this, watch the movie first, or listen to this first and, and watch the movie, or never watch the movie, it's up to you. But regardless, there's actually no widescreen version of this available in any sort of like. Um, home media. So, no. like on DVD, anything, it's all full frame. So, we actually checked this out in widescreen on Netflix. It, it's actually a good sh- looking movie. It's well shot. Yeah. Well, so, and we'll get to this in a second, but uh, this movie, so many people like it, especially critics. Critics really like this movie, too. This is a well liked movie by both. This has a 6.9 on IMDb, which, which is pretty respectable, yep. and a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. You didn't mishear that? A 90. A ninety percent. A ninety. This is easily the highest rated film. Oh, by we've ever done at least twenty points. I think. Yeah, we try and make a point not to do some of the movies that are critically acclaimed. Right. If a movie's well received, kind of the whole point of this show is to look back at movies to see if they hold up. If a movie's well regarded, there's kind of no point in going back. You know what I mean? Typically, a chance that it does hold up. Yeah, but. It, this one was one of those movies where I couldn't remember if it held up. I had no idea what the Rotten Tomato score was when we went into it. I remember you telling me and say, oh, God, I was actually a little worried that we might not have anything to talk about on this podcast. Never you mind, though. We have so much to talk about on this podcast. Holy shit, man. This one was directed by uh, Dwayne Dunham, and we've actually uh, covered one of his films before. He, he did Halloween Town, mm-hmm. if you remember correctly. I do remember, yeah. Oh, all right. Let's get into a little bit of the history. So, again, 1993, here's some of the family fare that's coming out at this time, okay? So you could have chosen Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey, or you had this plethora of family films to choose from. Free Willy, which we've done an of episode course, on. Yeah. Fantastic. Cool Runnings. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, John Holy Candy, great one. stay tuned. Uh, Rookie of the Year, which we've also of covered. Course. Uh, Beethoven 2, Dennis the Menace, Ooh. Adam's Family Values, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, Hocus Pocus, and The Sandlot. Holy Pretty fucking stacked year yeah. for kids' movies. You yeah, know I mean? absolutely. So what is your history with this movie, then? Again, a movie that was a VHS you know, classic around my household, had it in the big clamshell case, and I watched it quite often. This was one of those before Babe, which came out in 95 that which i think was really the first popularized movie to sync the animal lips with the voice talent behind the you know the voice talent and whatnot yeah. the, these voice actors this movie however kind of goes the adventures of milo and otis route where they just choose to just have narration they're like, super lazy <laughs> <laughs> and like that's kind of a catch-22 like i love babe i love babe and right. the, the effects kind of hold up for the most part today because it's really just moving mouths some of them look silly and whatnot but when you pull it off correctly like they did in that movie uh it's enjoyable it's entertaining you know what i mean and it's gotten so overused and and now it's pretty terrible (laughs) to be honest when i see it in a movie it's not something i'm a fan of but for this as a kid i didn't even think about it it wasn't something that ever crossed my mind it just i totally got it like you 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 get it fairly simply and quickly what's going on well so one of the things that we were talking about is watching this movie on mute must have been hilarious (laughs) it's just fucking staring staring at each other um my history with this i didn't actually own the vhs my uncle did and anytime i went to visit him this was always the can i watch homeward bound yeah well it's so it's g-rated this was a movie i remember i watched with my grandmother a lot because it's one of those movies that it's just 
got a lot of nature shots. It's kind of almost like watching the Discovery Channel. Yeah, with your with your. There folks. probably even are some Discovery Channel shots in this. They're very well made. Some of the wild animals, and that's what this movie, this whole movie's reminded me of my childhood. Is when I used to watch the Discovery Channel, you'd watch all these shots of just you know animals and shit, and sometimes mm-hmm. there'd be narration, other times it'd just be beautiful scenic shots of these animals. I, as a child, always used to make up stupid shit that they were saying. I'd just talk over them as we were watching. It was like a family hobby. We all did. My dad, my sisters. Like, right. It was just a fun time to just chat over animals. They've done that since with, like, Farce of the Penguins, and they've they've mm-hmm. kind of created, like, a little subgenre of movies that, like, make fun of that. This, however, super earnest and just very, like, humble and basic and simple. Well, so what I kind of compare this movie to when we were watching it it's like when people go on facebook and post pictures of their animals and then like caption it like wonder if the food's coming yet or something like that <laughs> yeah. like it's so yeah. very hokey and um like you said g rated yeah it's like the writers of these people are all those your aunts on facebook who post like the despicable me minion yes <laughs> like it's like written by like like cat ladies. That's what I picture this whole movie. Written <laughs> no, it by. really is. Like, you, I can't tell if like part of it was improvised. It's all just animal puns. Yeah, animal puns and just animal puns dialogue. and like Michael J. Fox just going like, "Oh, food!" Like, <laughs> "Oh man, I oh the water's cold." Like, <laughs> and that's what I wonder is like, how much of this was actually written dialogue that they shot with the animals to fit the script, or how much of it was just shot with the animals doing random shit, and then they were like, "Michael, just I don't know, ad lib." Yeah, what he's either ad lib or they were just. Like, okay, this, Michael, yeah. like, you're going to talk about how the water's cold in this scene. Like, <laughs> oh, or, like, ducks. how you... Talk about yeah. there's ducks now. Yeah, like, t- talk about how you want to eat the meatball off of that plate or something like that, you know? Yeah, and like we mentioned, this this seems like it's written, and the whole concept is, is based on, like, what, what are our dogs thinking? You know what I mean? Like, what, what, what would our dogs say if they could talk? Which the idea of it is super depressing, It's really. super depressing when you start to think about it, because we were talking about, like, what, some of the science and research that's done to prove that well, dogs... Well, yeah, so dogs are bred now to be fiercely loyal. It's in their instinct, but we breed them to be fiercely loyal. They have, like, anxiety attacks when you leave them alone now. And now when you see this in this movie, when the, the family does wind up leaving, again, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but yes. I just want to touch on this now. When the family leaves and stuff, they have those like panic attacks. Like, what, what, what's happening? They have no concept of time, so they're just freaking yeah, the fuck they're out. Like, like, they've been gone for like a week, and they're like, "Oh my god!" Like, yeah. So similar to like Toy Story or even Sausage Party. Most recently, it takes that concept of like it, it would be kind of cool to know what they're thinking, but at the same time, it's super sad and depressing to yeah, know the what's going on. It's kind of depressing. Did we talk about budget? Uh, uh, there's actually not a lot of budget information on this movie. It did come in 35th for the year, and it made $41 million. It's also a remake of uh, 1963's The Incredible Journey, which was also another uh, Disney picture. So. so yeah, well, let's just jump right in, man. Yeah, let's do it. So we open on this wedding day. Uh, two families are kind of merging, and when I say two families, it's really just a single guy. His name's Bob Seaver, uh, and he's <laughs> marrying Laura Burnford. Uh, she's played by Kim Greist. He's played by Robert. Hayes, which I've seen him in a bunch of like 90s stuff. He always yeah. plays just like a 90s dad. <laughs> yeah, no, and he's perfect at it too. So she has three kids. There's Peter, Hope, and Jamie, and each one of them has their own little animal. So Peter, who's kind of the oldest, I think he's probably like 10 or 11 or so, maybe 12. Maybe. He owns Shadow, who's this golden retriever. Oh he's kind God. of the leader of this pack, and this fucking dog is adorable. This golden <laughs> retriever is the funniest fucking dog in the world. He's so cute. <laughs> and it's weird because there is tremendous animal acting in this movie. I oh, will yeah. say the trainers have outdone themselves. I don't want to get we'll get into a little bit of the darker side of that later on. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, kind of pat on the back because some of the shit they get these animals to do is insane. Astounding, especially with the cat. Yeah, especially with the cat. But Shadow, however, like, even in the most intensive situations in the story, he's still just you like a just dog. You can see, like, he this can... goofy dog. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell he's having a, a dog. Yeah. Tongue hanging out his mouth. He's dog's just, just having life. a good day. He's outside. Like, he doesn't care. <laughs> So Shadow is voiced by Don Amici. Sassy, who we mentioned earlier, she's the Himalayan cat. She's voiced by Sally Field. Mm-hmm. And then uh, she she belongs to Hope the Girl. And Michael J. Fox is Chance. He's an American bulldog. And he belongs to the youngest of them, Jamie. So I didn't realize when I watched this as a kid how much they try and push the character development of Chance. He opens up on this monologue about him like talking about oh, I've bounced around to, like, the pound before. Yep. I'm supposed to belong to this kid, but I don't really care. Like, Yeah. It, it's, it's really... I, I just never realized, like, how much 
uh, character development they're trying to force on one of these animals. It seems like he's really the only one who grows or changes at all over the course of the movie, for the most part, because Shadow remains, you know, the humble leader and... Sassy's still the, you know, the bitchy cat or whatever. You could kind of, you can maybe make an argument that, like, Sassy gets a little tougher and Shadow um, loosens up a little. But it's, it's, you really have to stretch to kind of get that out of some of these characters. I think Chance is really the only one where they're like, no, watch him develop. And, like, Michael J. Fox narrates the development, too. So I, I just, it wasn't something that ever struck me as a kid. But, like, as an adult, it's like, oh, wow, like, that's kind of weird. Yeah, it's a strange choice for him to be the narrator, in yeah. my opinion. It, I think Shadow should be the narrator because he's one the more experienced dog, the older dog, who's been with this family the most. Plus, and he facilitates the entire plot. He does. And it would also make sense for him to be the one who would have been to the pound and who's had this life experience that's shaped him into this like leader, whereas Chance is like this rebellious young dog that's just kind of like wide-eyed about everything. I get why you do that because it's Michael J. Fox and he's a fucking national treasure. I was going to say, I mean, you top yeah. bill Michael J. Fox in this movie and you're like, you've sold We kind of have to use you've his voice the most. Tickets, yeah. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, it just seems as though for characters, again, we're talking about fucking talking dogs right now. What are we doing <laughs> with our lives? We've also, we've also <laughs> sidetracked on the plot a lot. So there is, and that's the thing. They're really, it, once the, the basic plot gets set in motion, it's just a series of like events, landscape yeah. shots with, with the animals traversing. Like there's really like a couple a, of events. Story. Followed by narration, followed by maybe like a couple shots of the humans and then just like moving along. But moving forward, there's this whole, so there's the wedding, you know, Chance winds up eating some of the cake. We were really just kind of introduced to the personalities of all three of these animals. Yeah, we get it. And the kids love the dogs, whatever. Although I don't know how much the little boy really loves Chance. <laughs> yeah. Like he, The kid really does not care that much that the dog's gone. Ch- children actors are the worst. So now that they're one big happy family, dude, guess what? We gotta move. <laughs> oh my god. So we were so confused as to what was going on, and this might have been because we were talking through a little bit of this beginning Very part. Very true. So it turns out that Bob, the new stepfather, has to move to San Francisco temporarily for a job. Yeah, I guess he's a professor of some yeah, sort. And they're gonna be living in this like smallish house apartment in San Francisco. They can't take the two dogs and the cat. Right. So they're sending them away to live on a ranch with Kate. Yes, she's a family friend. She's played by Jean Smart. She lives on this beautiful ranch. I think it takes place in Oregon, if I remember correctly. It doesn't say it in the movie, but I looked it up. I think the filming location's Oregon. Because well, it's, it's yeah. beautifully shot, like we mentioned. The landscape's, oh, the landscape's fantastic. Are gorgeous in this movie. So let's get into this part right now, because this is kind of dumbfounding to me. The dogs all obviously are speaking in English. Yes. Or at least, again, it will just show the dog. The dog's mouth's not moving. It's the actor talking over them, okay? There's this whole part where, like, Shadow realizes Peter is sad and that something's happening, but because he can't understand English, he's just like, what's going on? I know you're (laughs) sad. I wish I knew why. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so it's this really sad scene where they're, like, dropping them off. They're leaving them all. Half of the kids are crying. The little kid, again, doesn't give a shit. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, okay, bye, dog. I'm gonna go be a dick. And then it's this super sad shot of, like, from inside the car as it's pulling away and Shadow's just sitting there. You know, again, wonderfully shot. It's like a big knife wide shot with him yeah. like in the center of the frame it's super sad as the kid drives away golden retriever looks sad they probably just scolded it <laughs> thing, they're yelling at this dog to stop like looking happy yeah, stop being so goofy <laughs> but chance takes this opportunity to be like fucking told you guys like they're leaving yeah. this is what happens we're gonna be you know I'm, I'm not going back to the pound and so one of the things that i mentioned to you was that i feel like they used uh, it's pretty typical for animal movies to use more than one dog um yeah. when they're yeah. using live action animals i could almost tell that they probably used two american bulldogs for chance because they have a couple shots where the dog's really well behaved. It's sitting there. It's doing what it's supposed to. And then there are shots where the dog is running wild. Yeah. And it's like that would not be a trained Hollywood dog just running all over. The- I mean, this dog is literally running all over the set. It's like jumping at people for food. And you just know, like, that's just someone's dog, right? Well, yeah, it's a dog that's that's clearly not trained to do that. It's just behaving in the moment. You could tell. Yeah. yeah. But it's done very effectively. Effectively, I mean, the dog 
gives off this impression of what exactly Chance is supposed to be, which is just a young dog that really doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, there's so many POV shots, too, in this oh, little... Oh, my God. I mean, throughout the whole movie, but in this scene particularly, it's as if they just had the DP, like, run around the farm with, like, the camera down low, yeah. and then they had Michael J. Fox just narrate over like, it. Okay, like, run into the chicken coop. Okay, yeah. run into the water. Like And, like, there's so many opportunities... <sighs> This is what also pisses me off. Why don't the other animals in this movie have voices? Like, he runs into turkeys, there's bears later on, there's a horses here. Yeah. That's a great opportunity to do some voice casting. I wanted Tone Loke as this turkey. Like, well, fuck you, you doing, man? You wanted Tone Loke. I wanted to recast the entire movie altogether with the cast of 30 Rock. <laughs> Tina, <laughs> yeah, Tina Fey is the cat. Alec Baldwin is the, uh, the shadow. Yeah, shadow, the golden retriever, and Tracy Morgan is <laughs> chance. Chance. <laughs> so we cut back to the family who's now living in their new place in San Francisco, and it's this really silly scene where they call. He's like, "Let me talk to Chance, the the boy Peter." They're just checking in on the animals, seeing how they're doing, and then. <laughs> Kate puts the phone to to Shadow's like ear. By the way, this dog the looks dog chill as is, fuck. That's yeah, the, the dog scene. like has his eyes half closed, like <laughs> it's its ears pulled back, like it's just not doing anything. But it's fantastic. It's the, the goofiest kid, thing yeah, ever. It's so kid, funny. He's asking like, "How's everything going, Shadow? Like everything good or whatever." He keeps going on, and then it cuts back to the dog who's narrating again. Over this, like, I don't know what this kid. Yeah, I don't know why they make me do this. That's the best, <laughs> most realistic thought. Yeah. Like, because how many people will put oh the my phone god up oh, to let me dogs. talk to my dog yeah god damn yeah, it. The but he recognizes like, the voice at least understands it's peter and but he doesn't understand english right which will come into it later because there's a lot of pop culture references <laughs> for some fucking reason yeah, they really know arnold schwarzenegger pretty well <laughs> in this said that and dog i and guess ca- and they that. make a reference to godzilla like so do they understand japanese i don't know <laughs> Well, apparently, Chance watches TV. That's a line later on. Don't you watch TV? Oh, yeah. That's but right. they wouldn't understand it because they can't learn English. I don't understand <laughs> what's happening. <laughs> so there's this weird little plot device they use where, like, Kate's about to leave because, again, she, she owns a ranch, so she's bringing some horses to race to the track. So she's going to be leaving for a little while. They set up this neighbor, Frank, who's supposed to come by to watch the animals in her absence. So she writes a note saying, you know, I'm going to be gone. Please feed the animals. She puts it on top of a second note that she wrote, I guess, earlier Is beforehand. that what it was? Yeah, <sighs> it, it, it doesn't matter because it's so stupid. The wind winds up blowing that note away so that the second note or the first note she ever wrote technically is the only one that's on the counter. She leaves and you're meant to believe that, oh shit, Frank's going to read that note and think that she took the animals with her. Ooh, Meanwhile, our three animals are having a full-on identity crisis, like freaking <laughs> the fuck out like they have no concept of time again. Like we, we mentioned, they're freaking out like, where did, where did they go? Something's wrong. We have to go find them. And then Shadow, who's supposed to be like the wise, patient old dog, yeah. just like freaks out. He's like, you know what? I'm going home. <laughs> yeah, literally, it's he, really he literally like Cartman's them. He's like, screw you guys. I'm going home. So he leaps the fence and Sassy's like, oh shit, you know, you don't know the way. I'll come find, I'll come help you, whatever. Yeah. So she jumps up and then the fucking turkey, which again, missed opportunity that it's not Tone Loke. It, yeah, no, it could be sprinting Tone after uh, Michael J. Fox and he goes over the fence too. So they're all running. He claims Calls to it be- Calls Turkeyzilla or Birdzilla. Oh yeah. Yep. He claims to be, you know, like the young guy who's going to protect the, the old dog and the young cat. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's also a whole lot of Sally Field making lick sounds. Oh my god! <laughs> Which I wish there was Dude, video this whole of. Movie, I just want to see this whole movie of the recording track like sessions, like because Michael J. Fox must have been just staring at the screen, like, ha, ha, yeah. Oh god, the director's oh god. more, yeah. more Michael. Michael, I need more energy from you right fucking now, <laughs> right fucking now, Michael. Don't you want to be a star? <laughs> this is after the Back to the Future movies. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> Could have gotten Emilio Estevez. I could have gotten Emilio Estevez. (laughs) Oh, God. We might as well approach this now. How does Shadow know where he's going? I don't know how many miles away this is. It's, It's never really described how far away they are from the San Francisco home or the original home. Is it just, like, assumed that he was, like, paying attention when they were driving no, and he realized they no went? No, way. I don't know. I, we're I meant really... to believe that he just has this instinct that he can follow his heart all the way home, I guess. This will lead me to Peter. Well, guess what? Peter's in the wrong fucking direction, you stupid dog. <laughs> <laughs> Which is exactly what they were saying to this dog's on set, you know. They were. <laughs> She's like, this stupid fucking dog. 
So Frank arrives, you know, he reads the wrong note, he thinks everything's good, so he doesn't bother to check on the animals. No one knows they're missing at this point. So after they've headed down this gigantic steep mountainside, nightfall comes, and this scene as a kid always used to freak me the fuck out, because it's actually really good sound design. It's like owls and almost sounds like hyenas and coyotes going at it, like screaming and shit. It's a really weird, creepy, dark scene in the middle of the night where like, you know, Shadow's being a little bitch. No, Chance is being Oh, sorry, yeah, Chance, I mean, yeah, Shadow's never a bit. I'm sorry. come on. What am I doing? I ought to kill you. (laughs) (laughs) No, but um, what was funny in this scene was Shadow talking about, like, oh, yeah, moose are coming. (laughs) They'll tell you limb from limb. What is that? They'll climb up the tray. You sound like the guy in Pet Cemetery. Exactly. (laughs) That is better. Okay, all right, good one, dude. That is better. don't want to go up there, Mr. Marsh. God damn it. We know you're a little boy's dad, but sometimes dad is badder. <laughs> We're, we live in Maine. That's the worst fake accent. Which is what that it's guy actually, sounds like, too, in the movie. I know. It's terrible. <laughs> I know. Uh, why, why didn't we watch Pet Cemetery? We need to watch Pet Cemetery. All right. There is one shot the next day as they're running away of that this dog fucking plows this tree. That's so funny because you could tell they were not planning on this to happen at all. So they are they're assuming, and this is this is again why I don't think it's a trained dog. Like there's a point where all the animals are like running away from camera, and the 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 bulldog runs straight into a tree, (laughs) (laughs) and he looks like it's really funny it's so bad it's so and you you know the the whole crew was like oh my god shit we gotta check on that dog they were probably like oh that's the sixth dog we've killed today oh my god how many animals were sadly harmed during the making of this movie oh my god we tried looking it up so like it's a commonly googled search term i guess if you type in homeward bone animal abuse is like the third or fourth thing that comes up Fuck you, homeward bound. Uh, but but they do have that little American Humane Society was on set during the filming of little you know disclaimer at the end. There. Yeah, but I don't think they were paying attention because I got to tell you, a lot of these animals look very distressed and in pain. Oh, for sure. When when we get to the river scene in a little bit here, that cat. They killed three cats. I think they had to have day, killed man. three cats. No way did they escape with zero cats killed. And Dwayne just looks at like his assistant director. He's like, uh-huh. thought cats were supposed to have nine lives, am I right? <laughs> Wish they did. <laughs> then we'd only have gone through three cats. <laughs> Holy shit. So Sassy's catching fish. There's this whole thing where she's... I don't know how she catches these fish. It's as if she has a fucking opposable thumb because she literally reaches into the water and doesn't, like, scuff it out or slap it out of the water like you'd expect her to. She literally almost, like, picks it just, out I wouldn't throws it, it out. I wouldn't put it past a cat to be able to do this, though, you know? Although probably not a house cat. Bart the Bear shows up. I was obsessed with this this bear as a kid because <laughs> he's in so many movies. The Edge. Yeah. I'm edging now thinking of that movie, dude. Oh That's a great movie. God. Anthony dude. Hopkins. Yeah, thank you. Alec Baldwin. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to ignore the edge joke. <laughs> oh, man. This needed some more edge jokes, because all it, all it is is just fucking animal puns. I'm so sick of animal puns. Uh, do you know... We did put a link to a drinking game in the uh, yep. the show notes there, or it's on our Facebook page. You can also drink every single time they say dogs rule, cats drool, or vice versa. Right, yeah, <laughs> some sort of, like, <laughs> dogs, dogs rule, rule, cats drool. Because it's said, like, five times in the first half hour of this fucking movie. After running away from Bart the Bear, uh, there's this whole little, like, swimming in a river scene. And you think it's like, oh, this is kind of cute because they're jumping in the water. Again, you could tell these dogs are fucking psyched. Somehow they train this cat to do this pretty cool little move. So Sassy doesn't want to get wet, so she goes to try to find a way across the river without actually getting soaked. So she's jumping across all these rocks and whatnot, and she goes to leap on this log at the very end. It fucking collapses, and she goes right into the river. Real cat in the river. Real cat. And this cat is struggling for its life for the next uh, two minutes. You can tell, like, in a few scenes where they used a puppet, but there was a lot of scenes where we saw not only the cat, but the dogs as well, like, struggling through white water yeah they are in peril mortal danger this cat clearly cannot swim it's scary man yeah no it, it's kind of hard to watch yeah it really but, is. but at the same time also super like exciting it's almost like mad max for cats oh <laughs> people gotta get hurt dude to make some good entertainment you that's know what i mean true, man. So. that's true 
All I know, dude, is that the editor of this movie has nightmares to this day of the footage he had to cut. Like, he's just looking at this cat screaming and shit and, like, wide-eyed and how many times he had to watch animals die on screen. Chris, I see one of the cat corpses over there. You might want to cut that out. That's the third cat's tumor. (laughs) Dwayne, I just started here. I thought editing was going to be fun. Uh, I went to school for it. I thought this was a really good fit, but... Honestly, I'm having night terrors. There, there are three cats I watched died today. Sometimes, Chris, that is bad. (laughs) (laughs) So at the end of this goddamn harrowing (laughs) action scene, she goes flying off the The fucking waterfall. The fucking waterfall, (laughs) and the dog is again struggling to get to the side of the river. He does, and they're like, "We got to go find her, see if she's there." They go down there, and it's like. It cuts to the next night, but for a full night, she's presumed dead. Oh, yeah. Actually, for quite a while, you think this cat's dead. So Shadow feels responsible, which he should. He's the one who made them leave, because guess what? At the end of the day, if they never leave the fucking ranch, the movie doesn't happen, and no one gets hurt, and no one is sad, and everything's fine if they waited two weeks. Literally, if he had just waited a few hours, Frank would have seen the goddamn dogs. (laughs) (laughs) So he shares this story, which is real weird, uh, to to Chance about from the dawn of time, like, how dogs grew to, like, protect man. Like, wild dogs just instinctively decided that man would be their best friend. Let me tell you something, folks. That's not true. We just inbred dogs until they were dumb enough not to leave. Are there any other species on this planet that have fucking pets? We're ruining this world. (laughs) (laughs) So cut to this bird watcher dude who's, by the way, he's narrating everything he's doing out loud. Of course he is. I haven't seen this bird in three weeks. He finds the, like, beaten to shit corpse of this cat. (laughs) But guess what? It's still alive. Sassy's still kicking. Unbelievably. And this cat, just in real life, man, this is where this podcast is starting to turn a little sad. Because in real life, man, this cat just looks fucking miserable it's dirty it's like <laughs> wet and matted. soaked yeah it's just oh man it sucks so kate the family friend returns home what i would assume to be days later has it been days at this point she said it was gonna be days so it must yeah. have been yeah so she returns realize you know the fuck up she caused as she left or whatever uh and decides to notify the game wardens tries to find them and just basically tells the family Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> fucked lost up. Lost your animals, Sorry. yeah. Honestly, it's Frank's fault. <laughs> and Peter seems to be, like, the one who's super pissed about this, understandably. He's missing his buddy Shadow, you know yeah, what I mean? he didn't want to leave in the first place, and That's, honestly, yeah. it's Bob's fault. Fuck Bob, dude. dude this guy's the Bob. worst stepdad ever. I fucking hate Bob. Bob just wanted some ass, and he clearly got stuck into this, you know, loveless marriage eventually, and y- you know he's not into this for the long haul. No, I mean, so much baggage, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Bob's not even my real dad. The kids want to go looking for, you know, the animals, and Bob's like, you know, we gotta be realistic. And it's like, all right, well... I mean, he's not wrong. He's not, you know what I mean? But at the same time, it's Shadow. This is a fucking movie. Yeah, it is saucy. So Sassy is being slowly nursed back to health. She has a stupid little line where she's talking about, oh, this isn't low-fat milk, but it's good she's eating. Hey, guess what, Sassy? You're a fucking cat. You're a fucking cat, Sassy. This is like the third or fourth time she's mentioned her weight. What are you doing? All right, we get <laughs> what it, are you sassy. Doing? You're a fucking cat. <laughs> yeah, you're supposed to be a sexy cat. By the way, there's also a, a scene in a bit here where she gets cat called from other dogs. Do dogs find cats sexy? And why can cats and dogs only speak to each other? Why do no other animals speak? Other animals? <laughs> it's fucking baffling, dude. How fucking hard is it to get Tracy Morgan or Paul Dano <laughs> or in Holmes. a scene or Paul, Paul Giamatti, too. Paul Giamatti. What's the deal with Paul Giamatti? What's the deal with Paul, Paul Giamatti? Giamatti? Meanwhile, a mountain lion is stalking Chance and Shadow. There's this whole thing where they're trying to get some fish because they're, you know, fucking hungry. And this is the first of two Arnold Schwarzenegger references. They first say, must be Arnold Schwarzenegger. And then after they complete this successful plan to launch it off a side of a fucking cliff, uh, they say, hasta la vista, kitty. Uh, And obviously dogs rule, cats rule. I just don't understand, like... How do they know Terminator is? They they understand pop culture. It's so confusing, man. I just can't the turkeys talk. (laughs) The turkeys talk, dude. Why? What is this movie? Why don't they just make the dogs' lips move? Why don't they do that? And why doesn't Chance at one point go, "Hey, Shadow, dude, like"? 
totally respect you. Yeah, no, dude, you're, you're fucking sweet, you're dude. You're so fucking cool, dude. You're wise, you're smart, you've got so much experience. But, quick question, bro. Do you know where you're going? I don't think you do. Like, I've been thinking about it. We've just been walking for miles, dude. I think it's been days. Again, I, have, I don't have a huge concept of time, but night, dark, black, white. Right, and, like, honestly, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. But, like, uh, I feel like there was food back at that ranch. Like, probably could have just stayed there. We should rewrite Homeward Bound, dude. <laughs> All right, so Sassy hears them uh, barking because they, they're fucking cheering after they've killed this mountain. <laughs> they don't kill it. It, it, it. There's actually no death, I think, in this whole movie, pretty much. Yeah, no. Doesn't prepare kids for the... Uh, not the same case, you know, on set, that's for sure. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> but so they get rid of the mountain lion. They're running away. They're celebrating. And all of a sudden, Sassy hears them. And they're reunited, dude. It's actually a pretty cool scene. Like, they're sprinting towards each other. And again, I don't know how they get this cat to do this, but she actually, like, jumps the into the dog. The cat embraces the dog. Cool. But, uh, so, this is the scene where Chance eventually gets stabbed by a porcupine quills. And I, I this scene has always stuck with me, because I remember how painful this really looked. Yeah. There's a, then, because then the cat, Sassy, comes over to try to pull him out, and she's just biting on his lips and face. Like, she's really doing that, and it's really uncomfortable yeah, really and hard actually- to watch. The dog's clearly in pain. Yeah, and like it's it's bloody. They look real. I I'd have to believe that they didn't really do that. But like, if that's the case, the really good makeup job. It, it this made me uncomfortable. The, there's a lot of scenes in this movie that make me uncomfortable about the dogs. Like, <laughs> but it's also super sweet, dude. And it's a kids movie. Yeah, no, sweet, awesome. Bob, by the way, at this point has made up some lost posters, so you know he's trying to chip in. He's Bob's trying fucking to trying, dude. <laughs> he really okay. is trying. Doing my fucking best, Peter. <laughs> You're not even my real son. <laughs> so this is where the movie takes a hard right turn, and the our group of animals finds this little girl lost in the middle of the woods, like by a waterfall. I guess they're in some sort of state park at this point, right? Yeah, I I guess so. So. It's so weird. Like, they just literally come across this little girl. I don't know if she's lost, if she's escaped some sort of serial killer. I mean, we don't. We can assume she's probably escaped. She's crying for serial killer. I don't think so. (laughs) She's crying for her mother, yes. And by the way, this little girl, pretty ugly. Oh my God. (laughs) I'm going to say it, dude. I'm going to say it. Normally, I don't like to talk about child (laughs) actor performances or appearances, but this kid's a fucking (laughs) ugly. We've lost so many listeners in this episode. People hate we us. We lost that girl's parents, that's for sure. <laughs> but yeah, she, so she's crying for her mom. We cut to this uh, search party who's looking for her, and Shadow runs up to them, like just kind of barks and shit, and like the guy's like, what's wrong, old boy? It's literally just straight out of fucking old yellow. Hey, how about of you just movies? saw a golden retriever in the middle of a national wildlife reserve? How about be a little bit more concerned about that? But guess what? If Ch- a Shadow came up to me in the a national park and barked at me, like I'd follow him. He looks like a legit, oh you know, an like, adorable he dog. what he's fucking doing, dog, too. Yeah. So they follow the dog. They find the little girl, huge reunion scene, the mom's crying. It's actually a pretty cool little scene. I like this. It's, it's well acted, and it's right It would have been great if you just re- resolved the movie right there. Yeah. Th- this is the start of, like, five different false start endings almost. Yeah, like it's It bad. seems like it could be close to wrapping up here because they find the tags. They're like, no, actually, they don't find the tags. They don't find the collars or anything. The goddamn <laughs> actress is like, these are the dogs we recognize from the poster. Oh, my God, you're right. And so she calls it in and tells, you know, the dad, Bob, over there that uh, they found their animals. And so the kids are, like, pulled out of school. <laughs> Again, would you get pulled out of school if your family found your dog? Maybe, I, I guess. It's been, again, it's been days or weeks or however long I it's been. I guess it's pretty important to the kids. Bob's trying his best. <laughs> <laughs> the dogs start to get a little worried because Chance realizes what's happening as they get taken to an animal shelter, which Chance believes is the pound. Yeah, this is actually a good scene. I like this scene a lot. It's like them being pulled apart, and Michael J. Fox, again, selling it. His perform- his vocal performance is Very good in pretty good, yeah. yeah. He's, like, screaming, like, don't take them away, Shadow, whatever. And then, like, yeah, he's being, like, muzzled, and he's trying not to bite him, but... It's kind of an intense scene. They're getting pulled away from each other, and Sassy, witnessing it all, she, like, Shadow bolts, yells to yeah. her, tells her to leave, and she bolts. Shadow is put inside a cage. Chance is taken to the vet 
to get the porcupine quills removed. And, and Sassy it, is trying to break in as the Mission Impossible theme comes in. And this is yeah. before the movies, so this is, must be playing on the nostalgia of the show, I That's guess, for ridiculous. adults. Yeah, like, ridiculous. I wouldn't have recognized this at that point. No. So the vet successfully removes the quills from Chance, and then there's this whole huge escape scene where the goddamn pound guy keeps grabbing this cat by the neck skin, <laughs> something fierce. And the dogs are like... They're just running around, and the guy keeps collapsing in a really stupid, like, fall down. So the animals escape. Uh, The family is coming in, uh, and it's this frustrating scene where you see the animals running off into the woods. Meanwhile, the family drives by two seconds later singing Uh. fucking stupid white people driving songs. (laughs) I know the witch doctor or something. Do you remember that? Ooh, ee, ooh, ah, ah, ting, tang, walla, walla, wing, bang. Ooh, ee, ooh, ah, ah, ting, tang, walla, walla, bing, bang. What? Dude, we need a record today. Jesus Christ. Uh... So just barely missing them, the family is super sad to find out that the fa- <laughs> the animals have literally just escaped. And at this point, I was like, hey, Shadow, if you knew where the fuck you were going this whole time, wouldn't you kind of sense this? And just as I said that aloud, he does. He stops and he's like, hang on a second. I just had this weird feeling like maybe we should go back. <laughs> and then Chance is like, what, back to the pound? Fuck off. Let's go. And Shadow's like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so they head off again in the opposite direction of where their family is, dude. It's frustrating. And Bob, in like maybe a little sense of wisdom, goes, We know they're alive. They've made it this far. If they've made it this far, they probably are just smart enough to go home. Shut up, Bob. You're not my real dad. You're not my real dad, Bob. I know you're trying, but stop. The only solace you bring me is the fact that I get two Christmases, motherfucker. Get away from my mother. So anyway. <laughs> Bob's a cool dude, dude. I like Bob. I'd have a catch with Bob. <laughs> so they, God damn it. They get to these uh, train tracks. They cross them. And I guess they, Shadow falls inadvertently into this mine shaft. I don't know. It's just a giant fucking pit in the center, like off to the side of these train tracks here at this rail, railroad station. Yeah, it's a real like work issue for that rail yard. Because OSHA was not. No, not, not happy. This, not yeah. happy with this because it's literally just a pit with rickety rotten wooden boards on it so so rotten and bad that a golden retriever fell through him yeah clearly not safe but it's this is an intense scene it's also super sad the dog like slams into the ground and like he can't move there's a whole thing where you think he might be dead and he gets talks about his leg has broken his leg or something Yeah. yeah And so he tries to escape this mud pit by trying to climb out the side, but he can't do it. He's not strong enough. So Chance, who's like shouting to him, like, you can do this. I believe in you. He comes down to try to help him out. And then we cut away from this. We're not sure. Did they did they survive? Were yeah. they successful? Did I they mean, succeed? Shadow gives his like last breath speech. Dude, it's super sad. He's basically like, I have nothing left to give. I'm he's too like, old. It's actually really sad. Like, I'm too old. <laughs> yeah. I can't do I can't this. Do it. Like I'm like I, I at one point you just need to learn to quit. And it's it's terrible. It's, it's like the end of Blade like, Runner. Yeah. It's, it's like, like holy lump shit. in your throat like wow, dude. Like teardrops in the rain. <laughs> You're literally the only person to compare fucking Homeward Bound to Blade Runner, whatever, dude. Makes no fucking sense. incredible reference. That makes no sense. So I don't know how long has passed again, but we cut back to the family. I think they might be making Thanksgiving dinner um, or something because they're making turkey regardless. It's in the fall. Which, by the way, if you're listening on the release date, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, dude, what better film to celebrate family than... Homeward Bound. Oh my god, so many. And this... <laughs> so, the uh, family's playing outside. At this point, they're all playing basketball anyway, or the kids and Bob are. And yeah. Peter, at, or Hope accidentally accidentally calls him Daddy. And then, like, Peter looks over at him and then throws him the ball and he says something like, Yeah, yeah, Dad. He's like, yeah, come on, Dad. And, like, Bob's reaction isn't as if his family, his, his, like, stepchildren have just called him father for the first time. No, his it's like Arrested like, Development, oh, like, shit. I've made a horrible, I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> I gotta get out of here now. darkness, my old friend. Yeah, no turning back now. At this point, they've called you dad. You know what I mean? I mean, you're it's like saddled you in, but Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta keep it now. What's that old saying? If you love it, let it go. If it calls you dad, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> but guess what, dude? What, dude? Little Jamie, the little tiny boy, he hears a barking in the distance. Over the hill 
comes Chance. Chance. He starts running up to him, and the kid's like, Chance! Starts fucking sprinting towards each other. There's this whole embrace that's very beautiful. And then the dog eats his face because it's an untrained (laughs) wild animal. Yeah, he's feasted for flesh now. No, just kidding, family. guys. It's, it goes it's up, so licks his beautiful. face, and then Sassy, the fucking cat, she comes running over the hill. Everyone's all happy. She's hugging, hopes all happy now, hugging her cat. Which is funny because you actually, if you pay attention, when Hope goes to pick up the actual cat, you can see the cat like flinch. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, like, fucking <laughs> run away! Yeah, like get off me. Uh, so everyone's good, and Peter, you know, he's happy for his siblings, but he there's no sign of Shadow. Shadow's fucking dead, dude. <laughs> or wait. What's that? <laughs> Coming trotting limping over the hill. Good old faithful rusty <laughs> shadow. He runs and then then like for some reason forgets all his pain and just starts fucking sprinting toward him. And yeah, there's this loving embrace. Michael J. Fox does this amazing voiceover. Yeah. He was like, that was the day like he just became a pup again. Yeah, like, I watched he, the years fall off him. Yeah, gained all of his energy. Like teardrops in the rain <laughs> but it's really sweet actually like they're all like hugging happy family and the dad comes over with a shotgun and he says i'm sorry peter but sometimes dead is bad <laughs> sorry peter dog's got rabies <laughs> sometimes that is bad off but uh yeah dude fate not even a fade to black we get a little credits over the house as they go inside and everything's good everyone's happy family's back together and the first thing we did was fast forward until we saw the american humane society <laughs> animal we approval. had to see that in order like, to oh feel my good god dude i felt dirty watching this movie <laughs> dude, i like first of all oh, i had fun watching the movie but my god man there are some things in this that make you so uncomfortable with the animals. So well, uncomfortable. Again, I, I feel like we probably didn't know much about it back in the day, like in nine, the early 90s. We weren't talking about animal rights when no. filming movies, really, for the most part. But when you see shit like a dog's purpose, just that little right. scene of the dog, you know, falling in the water, then like pulling it out or whatever. Where they the fuck supposedly they were doing. said the dog was like in control of that scene. Yeah, too. They've, yeah, they've said. But still, just think of how many people were so outraged by that like 30 second clip. Yeah. And then to go back and see, entire movie where you're seeing things that you're clearly seeing animals in distress yep yeah this is before i mean and now PETA asks animal uh, movies to do like cgi if they if they can you know which is why they said like the jungle book was the most like humane movie ever because right of course not a single single animal animal (laughs) but like when you watch something like this it works two ways because one, you can tell that they're really on set and it adds to the excitement and the suspense of it all. But at the same respect, you're you're genuinely like, like nervous for these animals. Honestly, and I don't mean to bring down the the mood, but this is a darker movie to watch now, man. It's, it's a little unnerving, but aside from all that, just looking at the film objectively, fine. Tell your thoughts, homeward bound, man. Um, so, again, this is a movie I haven't seen in years and years and years. Um, but it's a movie that I used to watch uh, fairly often. I'd say a couple times a year I would see yep. Homeward Bound. Um, I, I have a different sort of mindset on it now. I never owned dogs when I watched Homeward Bound. I've since had a lot of dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a new appreciation for the whole concept of separation from your animals. Um you know, the animals in general, I have a, a huge respect for now because um, they're they're funny animals, man. The animals in this are really good, despite, again, some of the darker notes we've touched on. Um, and honestly, it's not that bad of a movie in terms of, I mean, it's shot beautifully. Um, the plot is, you know, it, it's a classic plot. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a it's a journey. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm not sure how I feel about watching a character like Chance grow. Mm-hmm. I, I guess it was kind of necessary. Maybe you could argue that the journey might just stand on its own. Um, I don't don't even remotely think this movie deserves a 90% overall. <laughs> I, just not even close, man. It's crazy like, high. And again, we're, we're getting in this great area that we always do with kids movies we're like all right we need to recognize this is a family movie this is take your kids to the movies shut them up for two hours but that being said i i don't while there are some things that are done brilliantly in this movie i'm not going to go ahead and say it's upwards of a 90 like classic movie yeah um i think i'm going to give it a 65 Overall, Um, you know, it was fun. I can see where this is just an absolutely fantastic kids movie, but a little ethical concerns and (laughs) uh, just, you know, 
uh, honestly, the, the dog, the, the voiceover thing now seems a little lazy. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, no, I get But you. other than that, uh, I think it's a very well-made movie. Yeah, so uh, the animals are incredibly trained, like insanely well-trained oh, yeah, animals. And, absolutely. And the movie benefits from having them on screen for, I would say, 90% of the runtime. Mm-hmm. Like, the worst part of the movie, these, this movie are the cutbacks to the family doing, like, nothing. Like, which they no limit it very <laughs> they well. Thank very they do. well, yeah. yeah. Like, the kids want to see the animals. That's why we're there. The writing, obviously, could have been a little better, but in the same respects, it, it's so kid-friendly and, um, I would say, just genuinely humble and earnest. Like, that's what... The movie doesn't feel cynical at all. No. And that's what kind of is a, is a big benefit, in my opinion. Well, and if you look back on a lot of these reviews that we were talking about, um, that is one of the things they say, that it's just... It's a pure movie. It is. It yes. really is, and it's perfect for kids in the family. Um, they don't make a lot of movies like this anymore. There's no, I mean, just pure content wise. There's not a lot of things you could see in this movie that you're like, I don't like that. Yeah. I mean, this is just great for children, which I think we as a podcast have to discern (laughs) at what point do we give that the benefit of the doubt, but that's, that's true. And that's what I'm, so I'm trying to look at this objectively. Yeah. It's well shot. Animals are really well trained. I wish that they had taken more advantage of the animal narration and maybe introduce more animals that could talk or maybe just made that a little more sound. No, Again, as, as we I'm joke digging about too deep it, into it, but, no, but as we joke about it, that is like a, a legitimate thing where it's, it's a missed like, opportunity. Yeah. a lot. Like there could have been so much talk. more funny jokes. It just doesn't make sense why only cats and dogs are the only animals that can talk. But right. in the same respects, it, it's so it's such a relatable story because even if you don't have an animal yourself, even if you don't didn't grow up with a pet, mm-hmm. you can understand the attachment of of owning an animal, yeah. even just by watching the experiences of others. And so this is like a universally relatable film. And so I think it transcends that like ages. Like literally, you can watch your grandfather oh. can watch this with a young kid, and it wouldn't like this movie uh, can appeal to everybody. Our great great grandkids can show it to their kids, and this movie will still. Yes, uh, it's timeless. to them. Yeah. yeah, no, it really is. It's, very, it's a good point. And so for that, the good perform, good vocal performances, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, again, beautifully shot. It, it's just in the story department. It's there's not a whole, a whole lot here, right? But it's, the basic simplicity of it is kind of also a benefit. So I'm actually going to match you, man. I'm giving it a 65. It's a positive. It's not quite certified fresh, in my opinion. No, but it's I, I wouldn't put it in the, cla- the the classics of Disney, but it is one of their best live action works from this time period by far. I would totally agree with you. I think. Uh, Good movie, not great, but very, very good movie that will relate to generations years from now. Yeah, a movie I'll definitely introduce to my kids someday. One, absolutely, one hundred. Fuck Airbud, dude. Dude, fuck Airbud. <laughs> Speaking of which, next next month, <laughs> Airbud. No, but what are we doing next? Oh, I'm so excited about Holy next week, shit. dude. So our final episode for our November listener request month is a doozy. It's been recommended by several people, but I believe it was recommended by Chris. Chris, maybe, most Chris, recently? Re- Chris recommended this one. Um, and God, I, I mean, it's something that I think we were planning on doing eventually anyway, but big shouts out to everybody who sent in the request for this Armageddon, dude. <laughs> Armageddon. Dude, the cast in this movie alone is just so stacked. Dude, I mean, uh, Steve Boosh. The we get Boosh, Boosh bag back. We get the Boosh Owen bag. Owen Wilson. Dude. Oh my ben God. Ben Affleck, Owen Bruce Willis, Liv Tyler, Billy Bob. Fuck, I mean, it's Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah. I can't wait to watch this movie. And it's been a good, I'd say, six or seven years since I probably saw it's this. Been, uh, honestly, I probably saw it on like FX more recently. Dude, than FX that, but, does have the movies. But the last time I actually sat down to watch Ar- like consciously was like, I'm going to watch Armageddon. And it has been years. I'm so fucking excited to watch Armageddon <laughs> with you, dude. It's going to be great. Uh, I'm pretty sure the science is going to hold up. Yeah, no, dude. <laughs> this is one of those movies too that came out the same year as Deep Impact, mm-hmm. one of those double type movies. Where yeah, I remember that, and like the, that was yeah. the big like Deep Impact or Armageddon. And honestly, if you're going cinema wise, it's not even a contest, yeah, dude. It's Team Edward, Team Edward. <laughs> I hate myself. All right, well, and stay tuned because the month of December, which we have lined up so far, some Christmas fare. 
couple it's gonna holiday knock your fucking films socks for you guys. Off, yeah, yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. Have so much fun, dude. We want to thank, it's the spirit of November, spirit of Thanksgiving. We're thankful for you guys listening and sharing and subscribing. So thankful, you guys, honestly. This really... was something what we started in, holy shit, it's been June, June. I think, when we started this? Yeah, June, man. 20-something episodes in, and we're still going? Episode 23, can you fucking That's believe it? That's crazy. That? That's no, insane. I cannot actually yeah. believe it. So, and it's all thanks to you guys. Thank you guys for just, you know, keeping in touch with us and, and listening. No, yeah, so very thankful for you guys. Uh, keep listening to us at nbd.podbean.com. You can also look us up on iTunes, Nostalgia Be Damned. Uh, email us. Yeah, it's nostalgiabedamnedpod so at gmail.com. Email us a question, a, a movie you'd like us to talk about, or yeah. just anything. We might do a mailbag someday if we were ever to get some sort of... I would love to do a mailbag if people episodes, got really yeah. into that. Yeah, just answer some questions for you guys. Um, please, 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 please write us a review, even if you hate the show. We prefer nice things said but <laughs> we do we do but, but but if you hate us tell us let us know we got a negative review on there but but again we do someone does not like us it's okay guys because the uh we've we've grown over the last if, if i apologize if you've only <laughs> listened to the first like two or three episodes i promise it gets a little better <laughs> it's like a fine wine it's like you keep drinking it and you're drunk you might as well finish it. yeah you might, might as well, well finish the bottle this, yeah but uh again thanks guys for listening and uh anything else zach before we wrap it up so, actually, very convenient time on this. Brandon, are you uh, familiar with the Westminster Dog Show? They actually run this on Thanksgiving, if you're oh, listening. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 Um, very, very popular dog show. Mm-hmm. I've always looked at that show and been, uh, I want my dogs to be like this. But, I mean, the, the dogs, it's expensive, they're kind of small. You know, they're, I, they're a little fat, if I'm being honest. So... If you've always wanted a championship dog, if you've always wanted your dog to just kind of go the extra mile, try Doggy HGH. That's Doggy HGH. It gets your dog jacked up for the competition. You'll start seeing your new pooch in a matter of seconds, dude. Just take this little needle here, inject it in their butt, and they grow muscles. Their their bark gets a little deeper. Uh, they can run for miles and miles and miles without Zach, breaking Zach, I'm going to stop you for a second. It sounds like you're trying to sell our listeners dog steroids. Brandon, how dare you? Are these dog roids? I, that is not. That's a HGH, needle. dude. It's human growth hormone. But for like dogs? For dogs. So it's actually more like... DGA. Dude, when you told me that we were going to be doing ads kind of associated with the movie, I thought you were going to have like some sort of dog food. We were this try is a reputable oh, company, this is Brandon. Not reputable, dude. This is fucked. No, they are not. This is a- made in Sri Lanka. What the fuck is that, dude? Dude, they're paying us. Fine, fine. Do you want the money or not? No, of course I do. Of course I do. Doggy HGH is certified by no one. <laughs> yeah, no, I no one certified it. But trust me, you guys. I gave this to my dog. Uh, he bit me immediately because let me tell you, the needle hurts. Well, it's, it seemed like you were going to go like a pot. Is there anything positive that came of it? What else did your dog do? And we're going to find out uh, at the Westminster Dog Show because I've entered him. I think that's going to do it for us now, Brandon. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. And again, what is it? Dog HGH? Dog it's a, HGH. It's a really terrible name for a product. Yeah, I wouldn't have called it that either. But you know what? I don't make the products. I just sell them. We just get paid to do it. All right. Well, thank you for listening. And tune in next week. Tune in next week's because sometimes that is bada. So many animals died, dude. So many. I'm sitting in the railway station. Got a ticket for my destination. Tour of one night stands My suitcase and guitar in hand And every stop is neatly planned For a poet and a one-man band Homeward bound I wish I was Homeward bound Home where my thoughts escaping Home where my music's playing Home where my love lies waiting